This is a Player One podcast. Player One is a radio show about gaming that airs every Friday from 6 to 8pm on Sin Nation, a digital radio station in Melbourne, Australia. You can also stream Player One at syn.org.au. And to find out more about Player One, go to syn.org.au slash Player One. Enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to a special Player One podcast. Uh, the PAX show floor has closed for Friday, um, so we're going to go quickly through the team and just talk about what we saw, what we played, what we thought of it. Um, I've, I'm here, Justin. I've got Jared. Hello. Maddie. Hi. San. Boo. Alex. Hey. And Monty. Hello. Um, the first thing that I saw was Unraveled, and I have to say that there's not much to it at this stage. It is still what they're calling a pre-alpha, but what is actually really a alpha. Um, it is, uh, <laughs> you know, they don't really know what a pre-alpha is. No, what is a pre-alpha? That's an idea. Um, it's pen to paper. Exactly. Um, so uh, I, I really like Unraveled. I think it's a beautiful game. Um, as I said, not much to it yet. It's still sort of an idea, I guess, that they're, they're forming. Um, I didn't really get an idea for what the story is going to be. Um, but, and this is, this is cool, um, but it, it seems like it'll be interesting mechanically. Um, it seemed like there was actually stuff to it. So, yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to when we eventually get to see more of it. But, hey, who knows? There's not much to see yet. Um, huge lines for it, though. Monty and Alex, we went and saw Party Golf together, um, which is really enjoyable. I would compare it to uh, an iPhone game called uh, Sickman Golf, which I know when you're comparing it to an I- iPhone game, uh, not the best place to start. Um, we do. Uh, I should mention that we all do have p- temporary party golf tattoos. Um, so you know our opinion. Incredibly biased. They branded me. Yeah, they full on branded us just to make sure that we were uh, stay in line. Exactly. Um, so so I quite enjoyed party golf. It had a lot of randomization to it, which I really enjoyed. It seems like it's a really fun uh, co-op get your mates around sort of game. Um, Monty, what did you think? Um, I think that, yeah, it's actually a perfect party game because it's very easy to learn and there's so many options you can go through during it. It's actually, um, yeah, and it's quite and colourful. Um, the um, physics were one were great. They're like, normally I struggle at lining up my shot, but the actually you could project it really well. So the controls are very good. It's a very well-designed desi- um, well and programmed game. Yeah, if, so the aiming mechanic sort of reminded me a little bit of Angry Birds or, or maybe of Worms. Like um, the more you, the, the further you push the stick, the more strength would be on the shot. Alex, what did you think about uh, Party Golf? Um, I played it a couple of times actually, and the first time I played it, it wasn't too bad. It was pretty simple. But the second time I played it, and they put it on full random, and there's supposedly like trillions and trillions of combinations, and it showed. Yeah, um, the thing with that though was they were saying that, but it seemed like we were getting similar ones just again and again. See, I think when they say trillions of combinations, there's trillions of combinations, but like they're all pretty similar. Like some of them are like heavy bananas, some of them are tiny bananas, tiny things, light things, you know. Some of them occur more than others. Yeah, um, and now a game that I saw, it was in the Swinburne Student Lab, um, student game, it was We Go Forth which um, was sort of like a, it was a multiplayer uh, traveling game. Uh, you were adventuring around. Did anybody else see this game? Yeah. Uh, Sand did, and Maddie. Sand, what did you think of it? Um, it reminded me a lot of uh, Gauntlet, which was uh, like, I guess, a 3D 
3D brawler sort of arcade style game where you're playing essentially with your friends. It's a co-op game. Um, and yeah, you just sort of pick a character. All of them are quite unique and uh, each of them have four moves and they're all on like the triggers and bumpers of um, an Xbox controller. And uh, generally speaking, you spend like the like first half of the level figuring out what you do. Um, but outside of that, like it, had, it was pretty fun. Like it was pretty well polished and like really, really solid showing from student work. Yeah, and Maddie, what did you think of it? Yeah, I thought it was it was really fun. Um, the kind of like the power is really interesting, and my person could turn into lightning, and it was really fun to zap people. But um, yeah, it was really interesting. I would have liked to. We didn't play it for very long, and I would have liked to maybe take it a little bit further and then actually work out how things. We <laughs> were really bad. We yeah, we didn't we actually really we quickly. we didn't actually clear the the mini boss. <laughs> yeah, so it might be it might be a good idea to go back and have another look at it and really work out how everything happens and maybe try some other characters because they're all quite different functionally. So yeah, interesting. Yeah, I, I played as the the bar, um, the really big one is I, I guess you would call him like a barbarian sort yeah. of thing and he had this one power he could summon rocks out of the ground and it sort of reminded me of one of the characters from Infamous where they could summon rocks and then um, he had this other ability like he could just charge. So that was kind of fun, but we we died. That was a hard game. Um, also at the Swinburne student booth was Picaroons, which was a boat game. Um, so, so you were playing, playing as a boat trying to get coins. Did anybody else see this one or was it just no. me? Okay, well it was on the other side of the booth, so there is that. <laughs> so far away. So far away. Um, you, you sort of, you've got multiple ships and you're just, um, yeah, you're just sort of, uh, you're sailing around getting coins. You can steal coins off other people. It seemed like a sort of a simple party game. Um, so yeah, I'm sure we'll hear more about it. Uh, I, I'm not sure if this is just like because of the the games that I ended up playing personally, but I feel like a huge trend, particularly to like for the indie games, was couch gaming. Like everybody sort of sitting on the couch together and actually experiencing party games as like party games. And um, I feel like that's partially because people of our age, so in our early twenties are starting to make games themselves and like that's what we experienced growing up and they're trying to instill that again in a space where online's very, still very dominant. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's definitely a lot of like multiplayer couch sort of stuff. Um, one game that I did see in the Swinburne uh, little lab, which was not a party game and was not a multiplayer, was Bedlam which is sort of a, like, I guess the best way to say it is like it was sort of a horror adventures or sort of a spooky adventure sort of game. It was, yeah, it was like a horror kind of like atmospheric point-and-click adventure game. Um, and it just, it had one of like the m most unique kind of like cutest art styles. Everything's cute. Like most interesting art styles I've ever seen. Yeah, and it had like it the really... weird solutions you expect from like yeah. a point-and-click adventure game. But it wasn't like they were obtusely weird. There was enough yeah. clues there to work it out. Yeah, it was it was really it was it was quite short, but it was really succinct, like succinct. Like it kind of played out in like a really enjoyable fashion. And I don't know I, I'm a really big fan of point and click adventure games, so it kind of like hit all the right buttons for me. Like it it played really well, and the puzzles were like you know just kind of like weird enough. And the yeah the start the art style was really great. Well, while we're on the Swinburne Student Lab, San, I believe you saw Hyperjam. Yeah, so Maddie and I played this together um, once and did really badly. And then um, we caught up... <coughs> Sorry, I'm really, really sick. 
Um, and then we caught up with a bunch of friends and we dragged them back to the swim burn booth so we could beat someone. Um, and basically it's a, um, like you, you play each game in rounds and basically you're thrown into an arena and you can play up to four players and, um, basically like the characters you choose are completely arbitrary and basically you, you go around this arena full of like, you know, different sort of hazards and um, you pick up power-ups and weapons and you basically just try to take out everybody else. After every round, depending on how you did, you get points. And uh, if you have the lowest points, you get the first pick of four power-ups, which basically constitute your build for the rest of the, the, the game sitting. Um, so say I picked 20% um, more attack power because like I did really badly in that first game, so the next game I got first choice of perk, so I should do in theory do do better. So that's sort of its catch up mechanic, like there. And uh, even after you die, you have a chance to sort of nuke people on the field. So that was really fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, really good in a very yeah, like a very basic party setting. Like it's very simple to understand, very simple to play, and um, it has a. a reasonable random element where you don't feel frustrated when you lose and it's like yeah just straightforward fun yeah it was really fun um it kind of has that really nice i don't know like composition that makes like for really good plays and there's a couple of like just really good moments so it's like really well designed and you can kind of we, do that kind we of. had that we had that <laughs> moment where um we we wombo comboed someone um <laughs> So there, there was a, a hammer item which has really bad, like really big knockback. And we, uh, I had knocked somebody, I believe it was Maddie, who was winning, like who was dominating the series. And um, basically I knocked her into a rocket, which are obviously pretty slow moving things, but do a huge amount of damage and it completely took her out of the game. Crazy. Anyway, I won, so it's awesome. Well, well, congratulations. <laughs> um, now, one other game that I did see at the Swinburne Student uh, Lab, I've got their business card here, hold on a sec, uh, was Puff Putty Party Game, um, which was a co-op game. You, you sort of were playing as basically like a ball of party, ball putty, and it could stretch out um, to solve puzzles. So you would pick a colour, um, like between the two players and then it'll be stuff so there might be platforms that only one colour can land on so then you've got to stretch out so the other player can jump onto you and, and there was puzzle, there was switches behind that so it, it was just, it was an interesting co-op puzzle game again it was another one that seemed like suited for people to be in the same room together um, did anybody else see that? No, just me? <laughs> the other side of the Swinburne booth and just, um, I really want to say that Swinburne has done really well putting out its student work. And I'm pretty sure this is one of, like, their final, uh, final year assignment for the whole year. And um, this will be basically their second last build before they submit next week. And um, it's really impressive that, like, teams of students have gotten this work together. And it looks really polished. Like, if you told me that this was any other indie game, I would believe you. Like, I wouldn't just necessarily go, you know, that's made by a group of young 20-somethings or a group of teenagers. Yeah, and, and you know, um, obviously they're going to keep working on them once they, they submit the builds for assignments. Like, I spoke to multiple devs and they said, yeah, our game's probably going to come out next year. Um, they're all, and, you know, we're going to have them on the show hopefully then. So I uh, look forward to that. Um, another game that I saw in the indie section was Lupin Ball, um, which was basically sort of like um, 
if you could imagine a multiplayer game where everybody had the power to shoot like the Kamehameha from Dragon Ball Z, but the ball just kept on going and bouncing off walls. Um, and so there were four players running around and by the end you get like eight, nine, ten like, balls just bouncing off walls and everything else and dodging out of the way. Um, but yeah, I, that's, that's about everything that I saw. Um, Jared, we're going to go over to you. What did you see today? So um, right at the start of the day, I played Lara Croft Tomb Raider, the new game coming out in a couple of weeks. Um, it looks really, really good. Uh, there was like a 20-minute little... Um, tomb that you had to raid of it um and much like the more recent um tomb raider it wasn't like traps set by ancients it was more like you're trying to get from point a to point b by destroying the tomb um and lots of really nice new gory deaths for lara really enjoyed that sarcasm yeah i i, I tried a very 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 small amount of it um i got through the tunnel and i got into a room and I had no idea what the solution was so i just walked away yeah. um but the game does look incredibly beautiful yeah it does um having played the other ones i knew the um sense button to trigger to see what the what the interactive object is to solve the puzzle so yeah they really should have had controls there yeah um then i got to play a few minutes of star wars battlefront looking forward to getting my hands on that for a little bit longer some other time and playing the full version of the game it's loads of fun to play um then the rest of my morning was really spent going to panels and the like i went to see the fallout 4 presentation that was really cool even though they didn't give us any new information or show us any new trailer footage it was really nice to see it in live in person now this was the one that was just uh in the booth wasn't it yes it was um they also showed us uh, again same trailer from e3 of doom so that's really cool um those games look like a load of fun unfortunately no playable builds of either of those games they gave an excuse for fallout because um if they gave us a playable build of fallout then we'd spend 45 minutes creating characters i don't know why they couldn't just dump us into a random dungeon somewhere or um part of the wasteland where we had to get through and kill some ghouls but yeah that, that, that seems like a bad excuse just co create a character for us and just say oh, here this is a base character just go alex has got a thing to say what I've seen of what they've been advertising for Fallout 4 and whatnot is that they're heavily emphasising the character traits. Like, really heavily. It's one of the few things that you actually spot. They released multiple videos about what they do, like, as you go through them. And I think that's why they're, that's why probably is they're wanting you to create your own character. They're wanting you to make it individual. Yeah, fair enough. That's a fair comment, Alex. It does seem like a really involved character building um, so was there any highlight from any of the panels that you saw today? Oh uh, Yeah, the um, Twitch um, town hall meeting. It was great, the first international one. Um, uh, yeah, so there, there was some big news to come out of that. Uh, yes, breaking news on live pre-recorded on SinPlayer 1. Um, Australia is going to get its, very f uh, its second Twitch server. Now, the first server in Sydney that we have at the moment is for uh, streamers. So there are the people making content um, goes to Sydney and then gets distributed around the world. So... For broadcasters, it's really great, but for people watching at home, it's not so good because we have to grab information from China, Japan, or um, the US. But the second server coming sometime in the next couple of weeks, they're going to test it out and then it's going to go live, is a server for the watchers. It's going to, um, you're going to be able to go right to Sydney to get um, the streaming information rather than around the world. Well, that, that was going to be my question. Did they say the server would be in Sydney? Yes, they did. It's um, going to improve streaming services for just about everybody in Australia. It's, um, Damn you, Sydney! Well, um, 
Apart from that, there were some really um, great news for um, broadcasters from the Twitch panel. Um, if you're looking to get into, get involved, now's the time to do it, um, to get um, your name out there um, and get Twitch to recognize you. Yeah, well, I mean, if they're bringing a server here, it sounds like they're expecting the Australian Twitch audience to, to grow significantly. Yes, indeed. Um, I also got to play some more games, lots of um, some uh, indie games. I played uh, Corsair Kings and um, uh, Blight of, of the Immortals. Um, they're loads of fun. Corsair Kings is like a, is a roguelike shipbuilding game. It's got lots of uh, ship-to-ship combat. It's lots of fun to play. Um, uh, it's on green light at the moment. The um, it's really low res art style. It looks uh, kind of cheap, I want, I, but I don't want to bag them too much because the game plays really. It's so much fun to play. Um, Blight of the Immortals, however, is it's a real time strategy game, but the real time events happen in a, in matters of hours. It's a really long drawn out game. So it's, um, you've got a hex grid and there are zombies coming um, to all the towns and villages that are on the corners of the hex grid. And you've got to put down people to defend all the towns and collect resources from all the things in the hex grids. Um, and then you can start fighting zombies and that takes hours. So the idea is that you log in for a few minutes here and there across your day, check in what's going on, um, make some updates and your friends help out. It's a multiplayer game. It's going to sound like I'm not too keen on that because that sounds like the iPhone system of uh, time and energy but applied to a real game. But I'm not too keen on that. Uh, well, it, I'm really excited for it because it seems new and different to me. Um, I'll give it that. Uh, and because I come from the board gaming perspective and video games, I love that. So you can try that if you're interested on ironhelmet.com, I-R-O-N-H-E-L-M-E-T.com. The guy, um, Joe, he seems like a really honest, genuine guy, and he's really looking for, um, for people's uh, genuine reactions and suggestions on how to improve his game. Okay. Uh, well, we might move on. Oh, um, uh, moving on from games, though, I did speak to James Merck, the dis, um, director of brand marketing for Newegg Incorporated. They are the second largest online retailer in the U.S. Cool. So we'll, I guess we'll have that interview um, at some point. Um, sure. Well, I mean, I, there were some other people in the room asking questions, so I don't know, and I didn't grab their details. So I don't know how great that's going to be for us. We'll work something out. You, uh, I can give you some highlights um, cool. later on. We'll, we'll have highlights of that. Let's move on to Maddie, because um, you've been sitting there so patiently uh, through <laughs> multiple tries of this. Um, uh, so can we just uh, confirm, what games did you see? Um, okay, what did I see? Um, Feel I free know. to skip the ones we already talked yeah, about. When I saw the Fallout 4 thing as well, because I was super, super excited. So a little bit disappointed there wasn't anything new. That was, that was the first thing you went and saw, wasn't yeah, it? I was really excited about Fallout 4. Um, I went and played a little bit of Dark Souls 3 because I had no idea that like playable um, stuff of it was out, so I gave it a whirl. But I don't know. I don't. I haven't really been following it, so I don't really didn't really know what to expect from it. But it feels like a fo- feels like the previous one. So um, Dark Souls. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of those. I, I tried it <laughs> super super quickly in the morning. Basically, it felt like Dark Souls 2, which to yeah. me, not necessarily a great thing, but they're not my sort of game. Yeah, you know, I died within a minute of playing, so that's, that's really what you want from a Dark Souls game. Um, looks really beautiful. 
like a right right along with like Bloodborne. So that's awesome. Um, I I'm not doing this in order. I played. I was also really excited about Cuphead, which I got to play and did not get anywhere because I knew that game was going to be brutally hard, and it definitely delivered on that. Yeah, I, I, I tried that. I got up to a bit where you're fighting. I, it's sort of like it's a bird in a in a oh, clock, really? uh, in like a cuckoo house. But it was like the first thing I did, and I yeah. was just like, "Nope, dying. Nope, dying. Nope, dying." Yeah, um, we, we we played two player because you you can play two player, and we fought a giant potato. Um, I don't think we got more than thirty seconds into that fight before dying because I don't know the jump felt really off. Like you couldn't quite jump fast enough to dodge. The projectiles. Oh, interesting. I don't know if that was just we just didn't get it because other people seem to be doing it just fine or maybe our controllers were a bit bust or something, but I don't know what was going on there. Well, that the jump sort of seems like the one thing you want to get right if you're making a 2D platformer. Yeah, so I think it might have just been that we're just not good at things because, I mean, it's meant to be hard, so maybe that was just it. Um, I mean, one way to make a game hard is just to have broken controls. Yeah, that's true. But that's not uh, and that's not to suggest that Cuphead has the broken burns. controls. The burns. Um, way it's not a good way of doing it. Yeah, like I'm. I don't know. I don't know any. And I played like ten seconds of Cuphead. Do not assume me being <laughs> yeah, bad at it like means its controls are broken. Thirty seconds of Cuphead. Um, I went to a panel this morning, which was um, the guys who run Beta Bar, Bonnie and Skydress, and the guys who make Crawl, Powerhoof, which is Barney and Dave. Um, where they, it was a panel called "Shock Games: uh, Drastic Consequences When When They lo- Lost." The other team taped things to them, <laughs> um, so they were play- They played um, regular human basketball, which is a game by Powerhoof, which is really really um, cool. And I hope to talk to them a bit about it tomorrow. Um, it's just something they made when they took an aside from Crawl. Um, and then they also played um, Duck Game, which I don't know if people are familiar with. Oh, man, Duck Game. <laughs> duck Game is insane. You're ducks and you pick up weapons and you kill each other. Um, and then they, they played ga- Gang Beasts, which was hilarious. And I hadn't actually seen Gang Beasts played before properly, so that was really great to watch. Um, and then they played Keep Talking and No One Explodes. I really want to do a whole team um, playthrough of that yeah. at some point. And I've seen like pl- like that played through on the internet. It was really interesting watching it in person. Um, and they just weren't good in it at all. But yeah, it was really entertaining. At the, at the end, they had bananas taped to their head across their mouths and as unicorn horns. And one person had three on each hand. And they couldn't really use the controller anymore. But that was really fun. And I went to a megaphone, which was good. <laughs> yep. Uh, oh, but did you play any other games? I did. Uh, we played Goat Punks. Um, which is a game that I had. I played with San and, and Monty. And um, we... And Spider-Man. And Spider-Man. Um, and we, I'd never heard of it before. I don't think any of us had. And it was kind of its first appearance in anything. Um, and it was really, really fun. I don't know if you have anything to say. So, <clears throat> sorry, to elaborate on Maddie's description of uh, Goat Punks. Basically, it's uh, you have to... You're, you're, group of goats and you want to get to the top of the hill and you want to stay at the top of the hill for 30 seconds while um you're climbing up on this hill um like there are certain paths that you can take um in order to ascend um basically if you jump into a space where another goat is you push them off and basically yeah like while you're on the peak anyone can jump below you and knock you off but while you're up there you can do various things sort of depending on uh what the level 
like theme is and we played on a volcano so you could throw fireballs <laughs> as this uh, magical goat which I believe is the, the reason why their hashtag is goats on fire um, but other than that it's a really fun game like it's surprisingly hard to hold that space for 30 seconds um, and uh, it's really fun with four people in particular again like sort of going back to the couch games very simple it's almost a mini game at this point in time so <clears throat> I suspect that it will be downloadable. I know it's on Greenlight on Steam at the moment. And I, I have no doubt at this point that it will go to uh, the consoles if it does successfully get its Greenlight on Steam. So give it um, a vote if you think it sounds interesting. Um, it, it's it's very cute. Um, Goats on Fire is just an amazing hashtag. So, you know, they've done well. Yeah, um, and uh, I've also... So I'm pretty sure that's all Maddie played today. Yeah, um, and uh, so I played Paladins, um, I think it's Defenders of the Realm, um, which is hi new game, and uh, hi is the uh, dev team behind Smite and uh, Tribes Ascend. And basically it's a 5v5 um, third-person shooter game where, like, like, similar to MOBAs, you get to pick uh, a hero and... Uh, each of them has different abilities, and basically, in in the game mode that we played, I'm not sure if it's the game mode that you know their, their classic version of whatever it happens to be, because uh, it is just a demo. Um, it, you basically every minute, like few minutes, there was an area on the map where you would have to go there and just try to hold that area for as long as possible, hold dominance over that area, and uh, the more times you did that. Like, I think after three times of doing that, you would create a siege minion, which would basically just be, like, this rolling tank which you would defend and, like, the opposing team would try to stop from going into their base because it would do a lot of damage to their base. Basically that. Really, really fun. Um, at this point, like any game with, a ver like, a cast of characters, it's hard to know what other characters do. It's... Uh, Hard enough trying to learn what your character does, but it has the capacity to have lots of depth. Um, it it's, seems like the the team shooter um, genre will have a lot to compete with in the, the coming years. Um, and outside of that, I also played uh, Rivals of the Aether on uh, the Xbox One. And uh, I've been following this game for a while. It's basically um, a different take on the sort of Smash Brothers fighting game formula. But basically, you rack up percentage, you try to knock people out of the arena. Uh, the whole cast of characters all have very, very unique gimmicks. Um, and, like, you have to learn matchups really, really effectively to play the game well. Uh, outside of that, the controls seem really, really good. I'd argue the game's a bit floaty, so probably a bit towards the brawl side and the melee side. But otherwise, the game is still very, very fast and um, allows uh, for a parrying uh, system. So basically, if you block uh, moves on the correct flame, uh, frame, then the opponent is sort of stunned. And then you can take your opportunity to attack. So it really rewards counterplay in this particular game. Um, so definitely check it out. I know it's also on Steam at the moment. So give a look. Yeah, cool. Um, now we're going to move on to Alex. Um, so I know you you played a whole bunch of stuff. Um, we we sort of spent part of a day together. There's uh, a developer with the guy. Uh, sorry, an interview with the guys who developed uh, Golf Party, yeah. Party Golf, uh, which will be on the um, which will be on the show yeah. uh, next Friday. So very exciting. You also interviewed Hollow Knight. Uh, yeah, Hollow Knight's just really a two D sort of 
adventure thing. It's the best way to describe it. It's it's interesting in the monochromatic style. I like that. I like I like the simple art style and yeah, there was a lot of destructible stuff to do. Um I also went and saw Armed with Wings. Armed with Wings I played as the Flash version. And so they've actually made a proper version that's on Steam Greenlight. I think it is. And yeah, I interviewed the guy and it was good to see a face to the game because I'd played it online anonymously. I also played Inflatability. Now, we should mention with uh, Inflatality, Inflatality yeah. that uh, there is a video on the Facebook page, Player One Sin, uh, of you playing Inflatality and uh, being okay at it. Yeah, um, the, the playing style was really, really weird because there's no actual buttons to press to hit. It is more you wave at them because you're... A wacky, a wacky inflatable arm flailing tube man. Essentially, yeah. Um, well, so we're going we're gonna to go back tomorrow. We're actually going to try and have, have a quick little chat with them yeah. to, to put on the show. Um, was there anything else that you saw on the show floor? Um, I, I saw... Um, what, what, what did I go see? What was it called? Um, Death Stairs? Yeah, Death Stairs was interesting. A, a multiplayer stair climbing simulator. They're describing it as a stair climbing game you always wanted. Yeah, um, it's good because like you either players that you like you there's four players maximum, and someone gets randomly chosen as may, say a um as a turret sort of thing, so they control a turret. They fire beach balls, dodge balls, mines at the others as they try to climb stairs. I I played it as both ways and I lost both times. I'm not good at the game, but it's still it was still a lot of fun. It was a quick, simple game. Yeah, and, and yet again, another couch uh, multiplayer game. Like, I don't know. I didn't ask them if it had online or not, but I, if it does, I can't imagine that that will be anywhere near as fun as the, the couch multiplayer. Yeah, i got to agree. I wouldn't play it online, but I would play it with people. So did you see anything else? Um, not really. I was mainly checking out stuff. Uh, not off the top of my head, at least. Um, I should mention that there was there was some amazing commentary that you and Monty, who we'll get to in a moment, did uh, when I was not doing well in the NBA 2K15 tournament. Oh yeah, um, yeah, you were not doing. Too, you were doing okay. You did all right. Yeah you, yeah, you kept the match pretty even. Like it was, you only at most of the game, you were only about one or two points behind, and you were even for like at least ten minutes of the twelve-minute game. So since Monty's now talking, we'll we'll go over to Monty uh, to wrap it up. Now you came in cosplay, um, which which uh, you went as Peter Parker. But more importantly, what did you see on the show floor? Um, well, I saw like all the AAA titles, but I thought that I'd spend tomorrow in line for them because they were quite popular. So I spent most of the day either looking at um, some of the indie games on offer as well as like in the classical game section. So in terms of indie games, I got um, I got to play a few rounds of this new one called Depth, where it's basically um, it's a now uh, is this the shark fighting game? Yes, this is the shark fighting game. It's multiplayer. It's online. Basically, at the moment, it is, um, from what I could gather, it's about sharks versus human divers. Like, they're trying to excavate this underwater temple, and you're trying to, you know, eat them in their territory. But at the moment, I feel like the game is a little broken in that the advantage of the sharks is almost completely too massive. Like, only, like, the humans, like, almost never stood a chance. Like, the sharks managed to, like, be... It was a very one-sided game. The, the sharks would just, like, overpower them and, like, upgrade to the point it was, yeah... At the moment, it's got some work to do before they try and um, 
yeah, at the moment, it's got still got a lot of work to go to do. Yeah. Anything else? Um, playing classical games. Uh, I made it my mission to um, complete one level of Donkey Kong. I failed. Yep. Um, you, you failed pretty spectacularly. I've got a video to upload to yeah. Facebook.com/slash/PlayerOneSin later on. Also, it's my goal by the end of the weekend to um, learn how to play Joust because I feel like I did some spectacular failing in my first few tries. Um, so, so that's sort of what we saw today. Um, now, coming up tomorrow, we're, we're checking out Saudi as a team, so we'll have some more video. Um, what else do we have? We're, we've got an interview, some interviews lined up with forts and everything else. But um, just very quickly, just to wrap up, what, what do you think was the best thing that you saw today? Jared, we'll start with you. Uh, Quick answers. I, I can't say. I, I really had a good time at all the panels I attended. There were some really cool panels. It is. Sand, what did you think was the best thing you saw today? So many indies. Yep. Alex? My 3D printed head. Okay. Monty? Uh, definitely Just Cause 3. That was the thing that would look the most um, cool. I was looking forward to very playing it tomorrow. And for me, it was Rivalry. Um, we've got an interview with them on Sunday, but it's a game made by a 14 year old from Brisbane. Um, it was a turn based. Uh, sword fighting game it was incredible but uh, that is it for us we're going to wrap this up uh, that is day one of PAX in the bin complete PAX is over for day one uh, we'll be back tomorrow for more PAX and more player one see you then this has been a player one podcast to check out more player one go to syn.org.au slash player one